ascending. All right, today, listeners, we're talking how we travel, specific tidbits on strike missions, and also some tips of the trade on tube riding on today's you. Nice. <laughs> that was a good one. Who do you think? Is that, who, yeah. who do you think's the best bar, barrel rider in the stream? Enthusiastic. Room? I'd say Drew by a bit. Drew by 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 a decent bit. I mean, he's had so much time in perfect tubes. Yeah, I have had uh, not nearly as much. <laughs> I'm gonna put that out there with, with a big. I'm not very. I'm not really that good at it though. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, there's some innate quality to it, like. That you don't get no matter how much sick tubes. I mean, Shane Dorian on Joe Rogan, did you hear this? He was just like, there's, you know, I don't know, call it 50% of people who surf their entire lives will just never get to Like, just never be 50? I would, I would say it's more than yeah, that. Yeah, 65, 70. I mean, Phil, you're in Bali with all these, like, fucking Swedish influencers <laughs> who are like, yeah, exactly. I made tube today. <laughs> it's like not even That's terrible. That's German like, tie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, I I think that honestly, uh, and this is crazy too. Like Drew's the best out of us, but you watch some other guys who are really good tube riders, and they just seem to make thread everything. And yeah. I'm always and, and like they're just always packing it, always coming out of little doggy doors, always like just being able to pump on your backhand. That kind of stuff blows my mind. Um, I think, dude, I think <clears throat> some tube riders, like like Jake, for example, like he's a good, really good tube rider. Yeah. And they're like silky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. It is. I really think getting tubed has a lot to do with like slowing the wave down in your mind. Yeah. You know, and that sounds like crazy and like, you know, kind of like nutty. But like if you have the ability to like just like kind of like. See the section before you take off, you know, kind of like slow your speed down to match the wave speed or the reading. pocket speed. Yeah, you got to read the wave and then to like maybe just take a breath and just kind of like chill out. Like I was watching, I watched um, Kiss by God the other day with my girlfriend or the other night and I was like, look how calm he looks in the irons in the tube. You mean he wasn't just... Yeah, he wasn't like freaking like wide mouth like two fit like oh face like. <laughs> a lot of pros still do the oh face. Yeah, it's so composed. Yeah, I think a lot of that is not being afraid of the two. Sure, wanting Where, to be when yeah, in reality it could be the safest place. Exactly. You know, like a lot of times it's the safest place to be. You definitely yeah, like be that that video Brett Barley made the instructional on how to get tubed. Yeah, he was saying like. That's the safest place to be. You got to get in or else you're going to get crushed. A lot of it's counterintuitive, I think. Like, for one, I mean, that Brett Barley tip, I think I talked about this before, but he encourages backdooring and being mm. under the lip because he says if you're up near the top of the lip, there's more of a tendency to throw, like the wave's going to pitch as yeah. opposed to being, you know, already under the lip. You're already halfway down the face when you get up as opposed to being up here and just getting chucked. Or, or, or for that matter, having like an elevator drop and losing all your speed based off of just flying out of the air. And, and I mean, th that I think is counterintuitive. And then the other thing that I've found 
you know, my past couple past couple of years, I've been trying to focus on it. For the first time, I'm like, let me just not just freak out. Freak out. <laughs> like, take, yeah, yeah, chill out. One one of the things I really think is just don't freak out, and it makes it a lot easier. Like I I, I saw and and it's uh, excited. Well, yeah, and another thing is footage of yourself helps a ton on in surfing in general. But w- footage uh, pictures that I had of me in Samoa. Uh, versus me in Indo this past time I went, I realized what I had been trying to do, I started to do a little bit more, which is also counterintuitive. I try to stay on the on my back foot and engage my fins more on my backhand as opposed to leaning forward a lot. Like the, you, you, you think you should be leaning forward, but mm-hmm. that sort of like disengages your rail or your fins and your rail a little bit as well. If you lean towards the toe, like or not the toe, the uh, the tip of the board, like the nose, and you lose speed because you're not you're not leaning back into the wave, not not like a stall, but just a subtle adjustment where your weight is more on your back foot. And I have a tendency to be a front foot of a surfer in general, but it seems like then you then you harness the 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 energy of the wave as opposed to trying to outrun the wave in a way that's just gonna wipe speed off. I don't know if you know what I mean, like. Like if you if you lean, think about it. You're never like leaning too far forward, like this. Like, cause then you're just, you, I don't know. You 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 like when your chest is against your knee. forward knee. Yeah, yeah. You that's just, like, you lose speed almost. I don't know. I think the general rule of thumb is weight on your front foot. You're hitting the gas. Even yeah, that's kind of how I was surfing. naturally. Yeah. Go. I, I don't know. I've, I've, there there's got to be. There's there's something to keeping your fins engaged. I th- I think Ty, it's just better. It, like what you're saying is like if you <clears throat> if you kind of realistically a lot of getting and Phil, you kind of mentioned this with talking to AJW about like redesigning a board for you mm-hmm. after you had been to uh, Nias Nias, right? You said you were way out ahead. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta hit the brakes, and I think a lot of a lot of um, like novice and like I consider myself like pretty intermediate like and it's only coming to me as I get older and it's like I'm less overly excited yeah. to pull into this wave <laughs> calm down yeah. yeah like calm down and yeah. maybe it's because I'm like a little more sluggish or something <laughs> but um, it's I think what's super important is is to to wipe speed yeah. right and to wipe speed without like really stomping on your back foot to hit the brakes you kind of just like give it that little rock towards the tail to kind of like create some more friction. So, so I think Tyler, what you're saying is like more like managing. Uh, I was saying more if you find yourself leaning, not making tubes because you're leaning forward, you're in them, but you're leaning and because you're leaning too far forward I on think, your front. Uh, yeah, you know, generally, specifically on your backhand. Generally, you set your feet forward. You know, you see really good tube riders; they're way forward on their board. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what but what runner. I'm saying is, I'm on my in my normal. My feet are in their normal position, but my body's leaning way forward. I think that's different than having your your weight appropriately disperse between your two feet but then leaning your whole body forward i think that that and that that's yeah i i think i kind of got where you're getting out now because i do find a lot of the tubes i don't make i'm falling in front of my board because yeah. i'm leaning so hard when it would be better maybe to position yourself 
just a little a more little, even weight yeah just to get the board across your under two your feet, feet try, to give you more speed maybe maybe and maybe this is the tip for this try taking that weight off like right so you're basically what you're saying is that your chest is out over your front knee yeah uh-huh and you're and you're outside or your back hand is on your outside rail right in your case goofy footed your left hand is on your rail and your right chest is on your right knee and you're kind of like squared up facing out the tube right yeah and that's a super common like drivey backside tube stance um maybe and i've actually found some success in this as of late like maybe try putting a little bit more of your body weight into the face of the wave like using that lean Try and like push the side of your body into the into the face of the wave to kind of create that stall for you, but it also kind of helps you stay up, like kind of keeps you on your feet a little bit more, yeah. almost yeah. like a fourth point of contact, right? So what you're doing is creating three points of contact by putting your hand on the rail in addition to your two feet to get you low. And then what's like, it's just like when Craig Anderson started doing that backside two ride where he kind of like drop need and just yeah. like put yeah. his side super stylishly and like mellowly into the face of the wave and was just like, boom. But, the, but just that's kidding, which, man. That's, but it's, that's just a, try going straight up and down more. Yeah, the, straight up and down more, but not putting. So I'm talking about like ish, when, I, when I'm in it, but I don't make the end section, like I don't make it out because I'm just. Uh, it's not a stall problem, and that's more on the backhand. The, the 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 forehand's a different thing altogether. And I think the forehand I have a, a bit more figured out. And the biggest thing that I did was I I don't I don't know if I came back from a trip, but two summers ago in uh, when Long Island was literally like six foot for a whole month, which is unbelievable. I started to sort of figure this out because I was getting the opportunity and more good lefts. Like the like the burn heard around the world from episode one with Andy just falling out of the sky. That day I was <laughs> I was getting I was getting tubed a lot, making like all, all of them. And the biggest I had one I made one change and I was double hand dragging off the takeoff. Mm-hmm. And that that was all the difference between being out ahead of it and actually wiping enough just a bit of speed off. So yeah. so think about that, right? Your two hands on the face of the wave to to wipe speed. It also gives you four points of contact. Yeah. Right? Two feet. So maybe two that hands. has something maybe that is something to be said. There's something to be said about that like kind of like putting your you, the side of your torso into the face of the wave on your backhand and putting two hands on the face of the wave on your forehand. Maybe what it would do uh, actually now that I think about it would be to keep you higher up on the sure, face. Sure, and that's probably yeah. a big part of it, is that it's it counter, engages counterintuitive. you. counterintuitive. Like it engages it was, you up, the, like up yeah. to the face of the wave. I think I've, gone, I've gotten a little too comfortable with that. I started almost, do, almost immediately tubeless doing doubling, double hand Nothing's drag. Nothing's worse than a just tubeless to, stall. <laughs> <laughs> just to stay up high and prepare for the yeah, tube. Yeah. Just because... That's like all I'm really trying to do. So when let's, I'm let's surfing. Let's isolate. So, so it's actually a bad habit to I get into it because you might you start doing it on every single wave. Right. Yeah. You're just like right away you're getting ready to go. You're like, what am I doing? Well, I'm but that's slowing me down for no reason. But that's also it depends on what the waves are doing that day because right. you, you probably started do got into the habit and then you go to a lot of waves that aren't that hollow and then you're exactly. like doing it like like weird <laughs> yeah. Yeah. tubeless stalls. But, but <laughs> minus one, three points. One, <laughs> one more thing. One more point on this on this topic of stalling and 
and chilling in the tube versus trying to like go crazy growing up where we did like the longest waves like four to five seconds and so i've always had a propensity to just get up start pumping yeah, start yeah. racing down the line entirely. yeah and and it took years to shake the only thing that honestly i still don't do it i yeah i mean i still do it but when i go to reef break and this past trip to indo was like a long playful left what that didn't really tube only like like novelty tubes and if you're way out the back but generally, it's just a wall, and I, you know, I do this every time I go to reef. I go race out ahead of it. I'm like, oh wait, the wave's like just over there. <laughs> like I need to, I need to fade, like yeah. do do a bit more, like wipe some like trim, wipe some speed off, and just sit in the pocket and don't pump. Like I, I'm just like I'm not gonna pump once on this. I want to do that so bad, like yeah. right now. I, I want to fade a drop in, and then just like. <laughs> Slowly rise to the top of the face of a wave. Yeah, just like bend my knees and just go back down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's anything better than the the little check turn. Yeah, the check turn, nice tube stall, or straight the... down the face, little check into the tube. Yeah, and just set the perfect I think line. Phil, I think that's a great fast. way. I think that's a great way to improve your odds of uh, pulling in. I yeah. think it's entirely underrated. You know, like. Like you said, like the double hand drag or like I said, like, you know, like sinking your body into the face of the wave on your backhand. I think because you can do it on both your forehand and your backhand, the check turn, like the mid face check turn to wipe speed. Like it it really improves your odds to getting the initial barrel. But then you've really got to be very good at managing your speed once you're actually in the tube. Right. Because it's really easy to fall behind and get on the phone ball and just get like do donuts. Yeah. I I only do it forehand. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done a check back. I I, fi- I find it pretty easy to do on your backhand. It's like doing a snap almost it in the middle is, of the it's wave. It's a mid face. Yeah. It's not quite a full snap, yeah. but it's almost like a mid face snap on your backhand that like because you're 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 kind of like you can see the transition of the wave. You can't really see what's going on with the lip over your shoulder, like almost behind you, but you kind of see what's going to curtain over you. You kind of like. You just get to that mid face, maybe even a little lower than mid face on your backhand, mm. and you just kind of like give it that check and a little tail stomp, and then like then you can kind of sit into that position to grab your rail on your backside. Yeah, it's yeah. really what's it, really impressive when guys do it, and uh, I would love to be able to think of something off the top of my head where somebody does it on their backhand and doesn't grab the rail. I think that's really beautiful. I like feel like Kelly did that. Yeah, in a Kelly contest. does it a lot. I mean, John John does it. John recently. John does it a lot too. Yeah, it, it, I feel like Job does. It's just it. not in a lot of. Uh, it's definitely not a, applicable for a lot of the waves on tour, like like Chopu or like, like Chopu is like kind of like nor like it's like yeah, a small full commitment, like a small Fiji day or even a small Chopu day. Like when you've got to like just sit in the tube as opposed to run yeah, through race yeah, through it. I agree. But I do think that's a great great technique is that mid-face check stall, but it's not a great way to make it out. It's yeah. really tough to manage your speed once you've sort of wiped it all, and now you got to like Yeah, I, I would agree the, the may-create, but I think, I think it's one of the easiest ways to... It's beautiful, too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if you check in the right place and you're just set, you, you've got the perfect line set, once you make that check, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You're yeah. coasting. Yeah. 
Ideally, yep, exactly. I totally agree. And we know how you love Costa Ng. <laughs> Costa, Costa Ng. Um, the I mean the other well, the other thing too with like as far as getting caught up in the foam ball with like trying to check and then being too far behind it, the the double hand drag too. You you can end up way high up and then just like get <laughs> just, yeah, yeah get just like, like kind of like pivoting taking over hands. the falls yeah. or like just end up like even when I. St- Got real into it a couple of years ago. There were a couple of waves where I'd come out so high in the tube, like up near the top little bit of the tube. Like and then off almost, the back? No, no, no. Well, yeah, that is a risk you run too, right? And, yeah. But no, like, I, well, yeah, that, that could happen also. But I'd come out super high up, and then I'd have to, like, work my way back down to the bottom of the wave to, get, to then go and do another, you know, like hit the lip again or, like, just be back in the pocket. Because you're just way high up on the wave. So what would we say? We'd say... Um, Check turns. Think about, you know, consider four, four points of, of uh, contact. Maybe on your forehand, double hand drag. I've never heard that. Did you make that up or is that a thing? No well, it's like thing? three points of contact is a thing. It's like, okay. a tri- like these tripods. Yeah, I've heard the three. Okay. So like four points of contact is basically what we're talking about with two hands, two feet engaged into what's moving. Um, and then I think it's a little bit of like an asterisk, but like on your backhand, like the four points are kind of like your feet are on the board. Your one hand is on your rail and then the other side of your torso is engaged in the way. Or it could the be this hand, or it's your, or it's your offhand way up in the hard, face. That's so hard to do like without I, getting. And then, like and then I really think probably though, dude, like when push comes to shove a bare bones, biggest thing you can do without having, t- uh, like tube riding's very instinctual. Yeah, they proved that with Bruce Irons at Chopu in a blindfold. Hmm. You know, like they blindfolded Bruce Irons, they sent him out at Chopu, and he got like. That's also practice and reps. Well, and it's instinctual, yeah. and it is. It's practice yeah. and reps, but you know, like that—that well, that is instinct, right? That's an applicable is. instinct. It is, but instinct. And he made a lot of waves. Instinct. But he also went over the falls a lot. Instinct <laughs> to me sounds more like. Uh, like you can a just turtle, go do it. A turtle comes out of its shell and it goes towards the moon to get to the sea. Like this is more like developed. It's ingrained in him over doing this for twenty five sure. years. I, right? mean, I mean, yes, I, I agree. There's, there's you have to you have to consider that because like, we, we just don't get we get a lot of tubes here. Like almost every time the waves are good here, it's it's barreling, but that's still maybe once a week. Let's say if you average it out over the whole year, like once a week or maybe twice a week, and it's not like somewhere uh, every day. I'm looking for a picture. Um, Ty, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's definitely derived from practice, but it's been called like is backhand tube riding instinctual by like the surf world. Yeah, that yeah. was like a you know that's been a point of discussion. We can argue what it means to what instinctual means, but I fully agree with you. It's practice. It's reps. It's ten thousand hours going left at pipe a on, super on your backhand. You know, like there's no arguing that. It definitely comes down to practice. But I think what the most important thing anybody can do that they have total control over is like try and chill out before they take yeah, off. For take sure. Take it almost. You know, take your time. That's another thing. Um, I the, probably the most important piece of information, like best tip I ever got from a buddy. Um, and I saw him doing it in like oh, three foot waves. And I noticed that he wasn't looking. He, he knew he was going to go right or he knew he was going to go left. And then 
he managed to time the, the, the paddle into the wave, but he never picked his head up. He kept his head down. He just looked straight. He kept his head straight down, and he never picked his head up, which risks being distracted, missing the wave. Uh, uh, it takes power away from your paddle, which has already puts you at a disadvantage when you're trying to get barreled. But he, in three-foot waves, he kept his head down. It was, And he said to me, he goes, he goes I was like, what are you doing? I'm even looking. He's like, I'm just keeping my head down. And like, I, I thoughtfully applied that and like have kind of incorporated it into my surfing. Like if it's, if it's one of those waves where you're like, oh, like there's a barrel section down there and you've already, you know, which part of the wave is that section when you're paddling, just keep your head down, paddle hard Mm. and then, and then worry about like getting to like relax, but keep that head down. It improves your wave count. And it also just keeps you from getting distracted on anything else that you could possibly be thinking, like, in regards to what you're going to do on the wave. Because often you hear people say, and like, and you hear it a lot in interviews with tour guys, they're like, oh, you know, did you know you were going to do, there's some guys who are like, oh, I plan to do two snaps and then an air reverse, right? Or get to do a cutback and then do an air reverse at the end. And then there's some guys who are just like, yeah, I just like do with the wave what it allows me. Like, I think what, what this whole head down thing is like, it keeps you from getting distracted. I'm like, oh, I could bash that section before I try and pull in. Like, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with knowing where you'd ideally pull in uh, when you see the wave pop up and your understanding of how that wave's going to behave. I think that translates to a lot of other sports too. Sure. I mean, the, the one that comes to mind for me because I, I play golf and like keeping your head down, like, my dad's so bad at golf. And, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Shout out, and Maz. Again, yeah. to relax. Well, well, I just so I actually stole this from from uh, the foreplay, the the golf podcast uh, that Barstool does, because because Lurch does tells this other guy, head down, we'll watch. And I started doing it to my dad. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, dad, head down, I'll watch. <laughs> and he and he just like calms down. He doesn't try to watch a ball. He doesn't try to swing out of his shoes. And he hits it so much better. Yeah, like, yeah. Like don't totally worry, applicable. aka yeah. Like don't worry about it. Calm down. I'll watch. Like don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I think and, it's. I mean, uh, is it know. thinking about it though? I mean, you could apply that to baseball as well. Like they said, don't take your head out when you're swinging a bat, you know, just keep your head down, like where you're swinging to where you're making contact with the ball. Wow. Which I think that's gnarly. It's just, <laughs> you get catch your music, catch your, the fastball to the dome piece. So, I mean, right. I think that's just like concentration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Calmness. Like, yeah. You know what I, you know what it's I, so hard not to, trying to do too much. It's so hard to be calm when you're throwing yourself over the ledge <laughs> of a stand up tube well, sized wave. That's like, that's it's it. Right? Way, you right. gotta like really chill yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. And you gotta like just kind of, you know, like a lot of people surprise themselves, I think, with their ability level, right? Like, you, there's uh, apparently there's guys out there who surf on the Big Wave World Tour who like, and I don't, I can't name any of them because I ever, I don't, I, I just don't know how this really makes sense, but I've heard really good surfers say like, you know, there's guys who out there who surf really big waves, right? And they can't like manage to pump down the line and do a turn on a small wave. And like, yeah, there's there's guys out there who like have total comfort in big surf or 
Whatever. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where I was going. I, but it, it exists. <laughs> That's weird because like it must not be guys on the tour because like I've seen almost all of them surf good in small waves. Like I, mean, I yeah, I don't maybe know. not all of them, but like. Kyle Lenny, like that guy Lucas Shumbo, who's like one of the sickest. Yeah, he he's, absolutely he's exciting. rips in small waves. Mm-hmm. Like, rips. Russell Bierke, like, do you see him going switch and getting tubed? Right. Like, he's good in small waves. Well, they're definitely good in small waves. I guess, I don't know. I have heard, though, that, like, you know, there's guys out there who surf big waves really well. Oh, so what I was saying is that people would, surpri- would be surprised with how much they're capable of in just, like, getting to your feet in transition on a bigger wave. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If you paddle hard, keep your head down, paddle hard, and just like do what you would normally do on a small wave, yeah. on a bigger wave. Like ch- your chances of success are pretty, pretty high. Same, same thing, just scaled up. Yeah, and yeah. like that's like the whole mental thing that you got to try and shake. I think right is like yeah. okay, like I just got to relax and just get to my feet. Well, it's just it's just dropping in on on an eight foot half pipe versus a, a five foot one. Right, mm-hmm. it's like the, the and it's I mean it is way sketchy. Like. Everyone remembers their first barrel. I think that was the immediate thought I had. Like, oh, that was just like, a, yeah. you know, a half or a doubled version of a wave I served before. Like, yeah, have yeah. I been able to do this the whole time? <laughs> yeah, I remember one. Uh, well, let's let's say, what, what was your best tube you remember? Did best? you have to make it? Yeah, yeah, you had to make it. Make. <laughs> I have so many good <laughs> not makes. So many good not makes. I'm going with a not make anyway. No, you have to do. You I'm have to do a make. make. Yeah, we can do not makes, but uh, all right. No, best 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 tube you ever had. Best make you ever had. Do you know it, Phil? Most beautiful Maldives. Yeah, it was just perfect. The water there's incredible. Yeah, the whole scene, and it was like a very slow day. Not many people. One of those check turn. Just perfect, clean. When it's glassy there, it's like milky glassy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Smooth. And smooth yeah, jazz. it just feels like floating <laughs> in like milk. Smooth jazz. <laughs> like Mikey February. So you had a nice, you had, it, it, was jazz. it a long tube or was it a real, yeah. just a really nice vision or the lighting was really excellent? Or it was, it forehand? was, I was not, I didn't think, uh, it was one of those waves where I didn't expect a tube at all. Like, oh, it just looks like a nice wave, big wave. Went up. I think I fell behind the wave a little bit. I was like, oh, right. fuck. Then kind of checked up to like get back up to try to get some speed. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, shit, this is going to fucking barrel. <laughs> and just pulled in. Beautiful view, like right through the beach to the palms and went through the inside at jails. And, and I came out and I remember my buddy was just like, Holy shit, did you just get shacked? I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I got shacked and there's no shacks out here. That's the best. And you kind of like, yeah, you like weren't totally, like you were like in the moment. And then he's yeah. like, dude, you just got really tubed. And you're like, whoa, yeah, I, exactly. I, I guess I did. <laughs> I, I guess I did. One of those ones too. And in the session, like when you've probably had a bunch of good waves, you're, just, you're not expecting anything. You're, yeah. just, you're just having a good time. And then just a perfect wave one of those perfect out of nowhere waves and yeah it's dope nice true um uh, my best two i ever had was not a make yeah but i have i don't know probably we've all had a lot of those the best best tube i ever had was at cloud break and and uh it was like on the inside at shish kebabs it was probably like like legit six to eight foot 
and like cloud break was really it needs to be bigger than that to really do its thing and the whole tour was there they were off for the day and i remember slater paddled up to kieran perot after he lost and he was like yeah and we ran yesterday so Slater was out, Kieran, you know, like Slater was out of the event. Yeah, bitching at Kieran Perot. Yeah, just yelling at That Kieran. day was better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the event was off, and Slater had been eliminated. I remember I was sitting next to Kieran Perot, and like Slater paddles over, and he was like, and we surfed yesterday, right? And I was like, ooh. <laughs> anyway, so Goat burn. I, I was kind of like. <laughs> Goat burn. <laughs> I was surfing. I wasn't going to compete with those guys. Like up at the top, so it's six to eight foot. It, it starts to do its thing. Cloud break, like really, when it's doing its thing, is like a bit more up and up the reef and out. But uh, it was like just on the brink of doing that. And there was there was some guys out there. Um, what was the? Uh, do you remember in Endless Summer Two? The Fijian kid who climbs a coconut tree and drops the coconut almost <laughs> onto Paddle Kano's head. Remember that? Do, do you remember that kid's name? Did they name no. the kid? Yeah, his name no. is in the movie. Well, I don't know. He was out that day, and that. he's like a forty-year-old big Fijian guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like Raimana. He's like Raimana. Yeah, of, of Fiji. Of Fiji. Right. He's out there, and he's getting cloud ones break. that are kind of like, uh, like legitimate, like cloud break waves, and so I didn't go up there to compete with those guys. The waves so long, and there's so many sections, and if like they didn't really fall, but there was a handful of other people out there getting a few. And I got this one. Um, I was actually sitting next to Parco, and like I was like, "Is he gonna go?" And I was like looking at it, and I was like, "He's not gonna go." And I was like, "Sweet." So I swung, and I turned around, and I and I gave it a few strokes. I was only on. I was on like a six zero, um, you know, like not really a step up, but kind of like a performance step down, and. Um, yeah, and I got really tubed in front of Sebastian Zietz. He was paddling over the shoulder, and I was, like, throated at shish kebab, like, pumping in the barrel, like, going, like, fast. Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I, could, like I was like, I am, it, like, this is the deepest, fastest tube I've ever gotten, and I'm going to come out, yeah. and I'm going to, like, hit Sebastian Zietz. <laughs> like, the guy, dude, the guy does might, not need any more help. No, like, you like, might chop his extra thumb off, well, dude. I it saw his thumb. <laughs> I could see he raised his hands, dude. He raised his hands going over the shoulders like, yeah, And I was like, I see his thumb. It's free surgery, dude. Just it was kind of, It was kind of the thing that, that chilled me out in the tube was Seabass like paddling over the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, yeah, like, he's the funnest guy on tour. Yeah, and yeah. It, you hear that. I like, you know what? I ended up, so I come out and like I kick off the back and I got worked by the next two. I have this terrible habit of on going of like the first wave of the set. Yeah. And that's probably why Parker didn't go. And like yeah. I got worked on the inside, uh, dragged across the reef or whatever, which there isn't like a huge ordeal. It's a little bit of a uh, paddle around or uh, my buddy picked me up on the ski, but, um, yeah, so I ended up like looping the inside, shish, uh, like the, the shish kebab track with sea bass for the rest of the afternoon. And dude, I'll tell you what, he is having more fun than anybody else out there. <laughs> and like, he's far and away my bet, my favorite surfer on tour. But, uh, yeah, that was probably my, my like most memorable, my most memorable tube. It's ingrained. Make. You can tell that's ingrained. That memory's up there fresh. Oh, dude, I'll <laughs> never forget him paddling over the shoulder and like raising two hands. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like 
basically stand up, but I'm a little bit crouched because I'm really racing. I'm like, I'm going to make this thing like going fast. And it was long and like, I probably didn't get spit out, <laughs> you know, because I was like just getting out. Yeah. But, um, just making it. I, I yeah. And I made it, I kicked off the back and then I got work and I paddled to see bass and he was like, sick one, bra. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, it was just, pretty cool. Just the, I think, <laughs> I think bra. that tube had some extra special, uh, adds, you know, there's a lot of extra memory there. Like, Based on like where I was, who I who was yeah, in the water, yeah. and like Slate. who saw it, you know, Doug Goat, yeah, Slate, dude. I'll tell you what, Slater gets more waves out there. The whole tour was out there, and all like the local good guys were out there, and then a handful of guys who were there for the swell. And Slater is just looping the everyone. Old, the old goat. <laughs> He's taking off old on goat tricks. He was taking off on waves on the inside, but like. Way up the reef that nobody yeah. was even looking at, and I mean, he didn't, he really didn't make that many either. Really? Like it was surprised. He's just so comfortable. I hold him as like this guy who would never fall or who would yeah. never <laughs> not make a wave, and he was so comfortable out there yeah. that he was getting treating it like a beachy like. Yeah, yeah, he was just getting ones that like you know I, I would have scrapped for. Yeah. But I wasn't going to sit way in there to go scrap for it. And he was doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I'll never so, – so I think all that kind of like played into that tube. But um, yeah, all things considered, that's probably my most memorable – I mean, I remember my first one and that was pretty amazing. But um, yeah, that one's probably like the one that sticks out most in my memory is like like – that was an epic tube ride. <laughs> I don't think I remember my first tube ever. I have a I have a horrible memory. So that's like the 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 precursor, the asterisk, this whole thing. I have such a bad memory that like possibly I've had better ones that I can't really remember. One that does stand out, and this I guess this is I mean, your story about like all the pros and stuff. I have a separate like just at, like super vivid memory of a day like that, but of me getting worked. <laughs> not not of any. Well, we're talking good makes ways. here. We're so, talking so makes. makes makes wise. Because um, yeah, yeah. epic no ma- makes ma- <laughs> makes wise. Uh, I think Fisher the day the the best day at TV mm-hmm. was TV. Remember it was really a really square one, and it was like uh, bumpy. And you're like, and and you and Fisher both looked. You're like, oh, he's gonna get crushed. And I just came out. Oh yeah, I do remember that. that was, I do remember that. This, this wave was probably maybe four feet. Like where, maybe. where was it? But it was just in Samoa. In, in Samoa. Samoa okay. um, it's like the best. It's this, like this wave is probably the best wave. It's the funnest wave I ever surfed. It it's on uh, left or right. Both. It's an A-frame. Uh, it starts out empty. as a, as a tube. <laughs> And then just goes into a trestle style wall for like four turns. You can after backdoor that. it from each side too. Yeah, it's a, it's a super Damn. peaky. It just does like it's like a really pointy like, well, like wedge. It's like a wedge. It's it wedges. A wedge. Yeah. It has a refraction, but the refraction doesn't actually come across the front of the wave like most wedges that you'd see. Like most common wedges, the wedge actually. It's like a wave pool. It is a wave pool. It's <laughs> yeah. Waco. Yeah. It, it, it is ocean. basically Waco, like, but both ways, and the, I mean, dude. It's, so it's just a, so that it's was a, that was my first session, session there. in yeah. Samoa. Like my th- probably my third wave. How many guys were out? Maybe. Wait, 
Don't even say. No, it was the, <laughs> no, there were a lot that day because it was. Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of guests, and oh, then it was. Oh yes, 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 yes. It okay. was a lot of the guys who live there who were like also like expat type people from mm-hmm. Australia. Yeah. There were a lot of people out that day, but it didn't really matter because, again, it's like a wave pool. And, and everybody's going just, two different directions. Just, yeah, just churning out waves. And a lot of the guests were older guys, and they are going s- sort of on the softer right or whatever. Ty may have been a little hungry. But, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm starving. But, I yeah, I remember this really square double up came through. And, again, it was like maybe four foot, but it was just such a square wave when it when it, when it it you know, did that double up thing and that wedge thing. I remember thinking and saying to, to Matt, like, he ain't making that. And Matt was like, <laughs> he makes not making that one. I. <laughs> yeah, let's take a, let's take a break and talk about Fisher. Well, no, this finish your tube story. Such a legend. Uh, yeah, no. So it was like really square, perfect blue water, like almost like Maldives style, like, like not, maybe not that perfect. And it's kind of like a rock, rock bottom river mouth. Um, so it's less, less like looking down, seeing blue and coral and more. Yeah. But still, it's a little fresh watery. Yeah, but still, but still really blue water, like still really clean, like still the Indian Ocean. Um, the I guess the Pacific, yeah, the Pacific. <laughs> Pacific I don't know, but um, it, it could just as well pass for the Indian Ocean. I don't know for sure. Little, it's beautiful. A little less blue and perfect. But, uh-huh. but yeah, and then the funniest part about that, too, is I came out, and it was still really square where I came out, and I tried to hit the lip, and I and I got super vertical with it, and like then I just got pitched. Because nice. I, I hit the lip in such a in such a critical section that like I just couldn't come down off it. Like I, I just like hit it, and then just like fell. So I was really curious. I wanted you to finish the wave, your description of the wave, because like, this this wave like does that like it especially on the left you get like this like double up square tube so and then good. like you come out going really fast because it's that wedge is kind of like wrapping the corner of the reef and then you're looking at like basically a, a wall another double up yeah. kind of like thing I should have pulled back in but it's I the hit worst it. part that's the worst part on the reef where you went to hit the lip and just got like Pitched yeah. is like the worst part of the reef to get caught on duck diving, like paddling back out. So heavy right there. It's really heavy. I, I could have pulled back in, but I just I came flying out of the tube and I was like, oh, well, there's still a wall. And I hit it, <laughs> yeah. and then I just like hit this like it was like a wall, and I just yeah. But that was awesome, and that's that was a super memorable wave. Um, but Fisher, Fisher's an absolute legend. This guy has a section of a of like a deep water right at. In Samoa at Solani Surf Resort, named after him, the Fish Bowl. So, so <laughs> this guy Matt, this guy Matt Fisher, he'd spent three years since I saw him, right? But he's fifty-five years old. He was fifty something like that when when I lived there, and he is the CEO of the ANZ Bank in the South Pacific branches, right? So he oversaw the ANZ Bank in like Vanuatu, Fiji, Samoa, uh, Tonga. Right, and he was headquartered in Samoa. He surfs so sick. good, dude. He surfs sick, right? He's from Turkey, and he's got a house in Tasmania, and he is your like typical mad Australian dude. Mm. He just <laughs> happens to be the CEO of like, a bank, can- a, a, a bank branch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, wait, and, wait, like a, a full. 
the entire bank or yeah. just one that branch. region the like, region no the so region. he was the regional like so ANZ is the biggest bank in the southern hemisphere and okay. he was in charge of the south pacific branches oh, all damn. of the branches right now he's a boss he's a but big he time dude. lived at bell's beach and he surfed like it he he surfed like pots or like anyone yeah, else. so classic and aggressive such such Damn. good such a good turn such a good tube rider he, deep he would be so yeah so this 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 section i don't know if like we were saying it and a couple of the guests and the, or yeah, the, the I mean, boatmen it, it was kind of a silly thing but the, the resort kind of calls it like the fishbowl right so you can you can sit and make like a hundred percent if you sit at one corner of the reef, but he tends when, especially when there's like heaps of guests and he wants to go for a surf at the wave in First front of, of all, the resort. And he is way deeper than everybody else. Like by, by like a hundred, a hundred, a hundred yards. Yeah. <laughs> but he, but Holy he comes shit. in hot. This guy, again, he wakes like, up everyone. He, 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 he mates, come on boys. <laughs> it's pumping out there. <laughs> <laughs> Five years old. He's like, I read about six, seven emails this morning. He's like, yeah. came over. He's like, you boys are still sleeping. It's like, it's like five fifteen at this point. He's Jesus. knocking on guest like, doors. <laughs> yeah. he, knocked, he was knocking on my guests' doors to get them going. Like, Damn. if it was going to be good, he was at the resort before. Like, I mean, way before I was, because I had boatmen who were up first getting the boats ready, and I had other responsibilities. He'd be there before. For dawn, knocking on guests' doors that he didn't know. Would Total he go strangers. To, would he go to work after this? Or? Well, he would. <laughs> if, it, if it was pumping, no. <laughs> he'd Obviously surf not. for six, seven hours. Yeah, he would surf for a long time. He'd bring two boards. He'd bring his lunch on the boat. He, you know, it's heaps of sun cream. So uh, a, a typical day in, in in Fisher is like he would get up, write like he'd tell us like he'd write like five emails. He'd go surf for like four hours and then he'd maybe shoot off a couple more emails and then go out on his boat for the rest of the afternoon from fish. Yeah. He was a mad fisherman, dude. He had this little uh, bar crusher was this this Australian type of boat. And I I fished with him. Uh, We did five International Game Fishing Association tournaments and I fished with him for four of them. We won the four that I fished with him in. He was like crushing competition. He was coming (laughs) in from like all over the world with their boats, like big buy-ins in Calcutta. This thing was like a 20 foot. It was a 20 foot titty with like a hundred, with like a hundred, uh, like Suzuki on it or something. And dude, he ran this thing (laughs) so hard, like. You'd be you'd be like eight foot at 14, 15 seconds and windy. And he was flying full throttle out to go fish. Like, hang on, boys, he's big on like, Total crazy mad just you're just like your typical crazy mad Australian yeah, guy. Like you think yeah. the mad hooies are crazy. Well, he's doing what they do, and he also happens to be the CEO of like a a, a, a huge bank branch. That's you know, like alpha. He's a, uh, oh, the <laughs> nicest guy you'll ever meet. I'm too. going to see him in March. I'm going to Tasmania for two weeks and I'm in touch with him about staying at one of his houses in Tasmania for a few days of the trip. Dude, hope he, to fish, hope to surf with him. So nice and generous too. Like, oh yeah, come to my house. Oh like, yeah, you stayed at his yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, made like he made like that yeah. was Spanish mackerel. Yeah. Right? Like, we did we call, ate dinner there. He would just like invite us to dinner. Like there's a super <laughs> nice guy. Yeah. He was a, an absolute Total legend. legend. He served Dude. so good. There there were times when like 
Crane and I was, I was, you know, really enthralled with like being in Samoa. Waves are pumping. Like this legendary guy. I was like, I literally said, like, this guy surfs like Slater. Like, <laughs> he does, though. Like, he literally he did. Is so good. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He never falls. No, he never falls. He can get. He can surf from that wet, from that peak, yeah. way, 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 way up the reef. I do have a video of him not making it too, but he was like so deep, and he was in it for so long. We should finally can we post it, it later. Yeah, we can. If you can find it, the fish. Yeah, we're posting Matt it. Can't Instagram. <laughs> um, so those are our those are our two those are our two yeah, tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more like Matt Fisher. There. Yeah. Unfortunately, dude, I can't find him on any social media. He's smarter than that. Um, but I don't know. I'll, I'll email him and let him know we were talking to him and trying yeah, to get some feedback. We should post Google the, the bank. Yeah, well, you <laughs> can see his picture the there. Probably. We should post oh, he's him. retired. He he, ah, he got okay. the gold watch at like fifty eight or whatever. He's just yeah. living. <laughs> what yeah. a legend. I was gonna say it's like. Does he actively work? No, not anymore. He's, he, okay. he actually moved. Last night, I understand he moved back to um, splitting time between Tasmania and Torquay. I mean, dude, he loves Bell's Beach. I think I'm pretty sure he's won like the Bell's Beach Masters event, like, like a local handful event of time. Or uh, yeah, yeah, okay. like the like whatever, like the states. So they have like states right, right. in Australia, right? And he's won the Masters division. Like a bunch of times, dude. He's so aggro. I mean, the fact that he's that—it's also pretty ins- inspirational that he's that old and still surfs for like five plus hours at a time. Yes, yes, yeah. and he doesn't do anything really other than surf to be fit. Well, yeah, but that's also a life where he gets to surf good waves every day. <laughs> yeah, like that's, yeah. and and never drop that. I don't think, and that right. that was like a big thing with like guests getting hurt. It's like if they don't surf a lot, and then like I this happened to me. If you don't surf a lot and then you go and you surf hard, like five, six, seven hours a day for a week straight, like your paddle muscles are just not up mm-hmm. to snuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how you hurt yourself. But he was just always on it, I think. All right. So, two riding. Slow it down in your mind. Uh, St- evenly distribute stall. that weight. Yeah. Stall. You know, Check chill turns. out. I, th- I still, th- I'm going to be a full supporter of keep your head down while you're paddling. Yeah. And visualize that section out in front of you before you spin. You know, you can identify it before you spin. So, you know, visualize that. Uh, that was um, a request from listener Van Vu. You, Van. Thanks, Van, for listening. All right. How we travel. How we travel and strike missions. Are they executable? Are they worth it? And if so, how? Because <laughs> that was the conversation in the text message. That's what I got from, from your point, Ty. It's like, you don't really think they're worth it. I the think, strike mission. I think day one... Episode one, we talked a bit about um, about like our differences as far as Drew worked at resorts. Um, Phil goes for two to five months at a time <laughs> wherever he goes because he's a remote travel web developer. Um, and then I'll, I typically do like the, you know, the ten uh, day trip, whether it's through a company or. A lot of times, just going to different little resorts or what have you in in like Central America. Usually, um, I mean, I think so. For me, up until a couple months ago, I've had like a corporate job since I graduated college. So that's like you know whatever two two to three weeks a year of paid vacation. And so I I really haven't since I've been out on my own 
making my own money, I generally don't take any trips other than surf trips. I, I, I put up a big stink if, like, my girlfriend wants to go on a ski trip or do something, anything other than a surf trip, I do not like well, it. Well, realistically, you're, you work a corporate job in the States. You don't have more than yeah. two trips in it's, a year, really. It, uh, strike mission, maybe you could do. If you do a long weekend, you have maybe, what, five or six of those in a, a calendar year? It's a super un-American American thing that we do. Like What's that? Not giving any vacation time. It's yeah. it's like people are just now figuring out like, oh, you know what? Maybe working a ton and crushing yourself isn't the best thing to do. <laughs> it's like Americans are just realizing this. And Europeans yeah. and Australians are just laughing at us. It's like, yeah, duh. Like, I mean, take especially like a month off every year at least. <laughs> like, French. But then like there are drawbacks like... So what I do is like construction and if we got to get materials from Italy, like they just shut down for all of August. So like if we have to finish a building in September, you know, we're just, we're screwed if we can't get these cabinets from Italy or this, you know, stone. And that, that is like the, that's like the extreme where it's like, okay, America's obviously like this go, go, go. And everywhere, and these other places are somewhere in between with like Italy, France being at the far end of the spectrum with like, we just relax. Like, you gotta find a happy medium. But what America does is like so unchill. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a medium within within the states and like the work ethic that we have, even just maybe long weekends or I think this is happening a lot, just flexibilities of days. Like, yeah. It makes me more productive and want sure. to work more. Oh. If I could wake up and surf for four hours, I'll stay up till midnight working for you. We well, you know that, Phil. You're up to three <laughs> last more. night. Uh, yeah, like it just gives me energy to work harder, to to surf more or go on a new trip. Um, I always find before, especially, and after my surf trips, I go into like super focus mode to get a lot of work done to get it done so i don't have to worry about anything while i'm going on this trip and then when i get back if i've got to catch up it's like i'm just so i feel so fulfilled i'm so excited going into it that i'm like yeah i'll do tons of work because guess what next week i get to just surf for the entire week and then i get back and i'm like yeah i'll do a ton of work because i just got to surf for an entire week like so so there's that and i think companies are finally starting to realize it but I mean, I now I, I, I quit my job a couple of months ago and uh, now I work for myself. <laughs> um, so really, it's, it's at my discretion mm-hmm. um, to some degree. I mean, I'm trying to build a business, so I can't just be gone for a month. That's that's pretty unrealistic. But I can probably do more one week trips than I would otherwise. And I think that also has it's funny, like I lived in Costa Rica for about three, four years on and off. Um, and it's much more acceptable in a place where surfing is much more mainstream. Like there, for example, you watch sunset every night. And if someone was getting after you to like get something done around that time, it's, hey, man, like, fuck off. I'm going to have a beer for sunset. You know, yeah. there's just things that like waves there are part of the lifestyle. I'm sure it's the similar in Hawaii. Like, if there's pumping pipe, don't expect to get something done. Like yeah. People are going to go surf and enjoy it while it's there, and then they'll they'll get to work. That's so not the case around here. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's not even close. 
It couldn't be more opposite. It's like you know you're almost afraid to tell people that you do surf. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't surf. Because it's a like a stigma, a stigma that you you're, you're fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like the guy's gonna just leave work randomly. But, but, but <laughs> so random he goes work to work when the wind is offshore. Think about <laughs> it. The wind's in this direction. Like, this guy's not here. Other than like a few cities like Tokyo, Hong Kong, I wouldn't even say London, like there are very few, maybe like Munich, I, not even. I, there are very few other places in the world where you can live that compared to where we live as far as people's propensity to work yeah. tons and not take time off and try to move society forward. I mean, that's like, and by forward, I mean like with the, the U.S. idea of forward, which okay. is like yeah, constantly more. progressing <laughs> towards, yeah, more. More there, there is no more money goal and goal. Yeah, it's just more, <laughs> more engineering, more everything. Like we just overdoing shit. So, with no, that said, let me ask you this, then, Ty. Um, so, you when you book a trip, you look at historical averages from when a place is going to be good, right? You say, okay, he's wave trotter. He's <laughs> wave trotter, and they they're going to give up, you a baby. recommendation uh, around your time frame. Honestly, Surfline used to have... It was, much, it was easier to access. I think you could still find it. Well, you have to go back on... I don't know well, if you well, can go back it? onto their old <laughs> website or not. Let's tell them what it is. So, I mean... Well, no. It used to... Be, the Surfline's new website, they got rid of the travel maps portion of it where you can go find... Uh, the historic best months. Yeah. So now oh, Wave Trotter conveniently does bet. have that. It's not um, best bet. Not to be confused with best bet. No, no, no. It's 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 it's. I can I can click on a, a region and mm-hmm. it'll give by months. I mean, I waves have a over, book. It says wa- It says it tells you the number of days of waves yeah. over three foot, X over four feet, foot, yeah. over five foot. World Surf World Surf Riders Guide is now is a book that I have that. Is really good for that too, but um, it, not not. Anyways, none of it compares to Wave Trotter because that actually gives all of these Surfline oh, historical data, but in a more succinct way. Are you, um, are you dude, pulling it up, Phil? Yeah, it's up. So it really is the best. So so so, <laughs> so, so here's compared to your own website. I kind of been keeping it to myself. Oh, I'm talking about Wave Trotter. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, I kind of zoned out. I was browsing so, where I'm going to go. So and jam. this is this is. Um, <laughs> Right, so this is a very common tech technique for for surf travel, right? A lot of guys work for themselves. A lot of guys like to surf. A lot of guys go on trips three times a year for a week and a half over the course of the year. Now, based on what kind of waves you're looking for, ideally you probably want it to be warm, um, right? You go to a service like. Uh, a booking agency who's in cahoots with a surf resort or a charter boat or whatever. And like they go and you express interest in this place because of what the literature says. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would be my, I've really only done that once or twice. Um, Did now, now once the, really, uh, really only once. I mean, so like, I, like you got hosed in the Maldives. Yeah, yeah, the was waves were, like, were bad. That's the only that time technique? I've ever really done that. Other than that, I'd go to Costa because our good friend has a house there, or I went to visit you in Samoa, or the Indo Mentawai trip I took. I really just found on Instagram more or less, and I just DM them. Um, I might have seen it on one of the booking agencies, 
But then I just went straight, just DM'd the owner, which is an interesting topic in and of itself. Right. Like, just cutting out the broker because, like, you don't need to. Like, if, if, you, if I can just DM the guy and yeah. I'm good, they can, if they're good at social media, like, everyone's going to know, everyone knows about Kandui. Everyone knows about, you know, Pit Stop Hill and Mental Eyes. It's like everyone knows about most of these resorts because they're good at social media so that's a perfectly fine way to do it you know you, you, you more like more often than not you're gonna get good surf because you're being steered in a direction that historically has good surf good wind it in this region at that period of time where you have the ability to go right eight times out of ten maybe less i don't know between five and nine times out of ten you'll get good surf yeah I don't think that's the best recipe for true total success, right? As we know, my opinion differs from yours based on. Well, wait. The ultimate is, recipe would, is: Do you agree that your opinion differs on that, Ty? No, I, what, true. No, good I, point. Or is it just your lifestyle with work that you don't? Oh, absolutely. That's a good. That's a that's a valid point. What, what I was going to say is the ultimate recipe is what the pros do. Obviously, having no schedule, having whoa, they have a schedule for sure. Well, for the WSL guys, well, don't forget yeah. the schedule is scheduled to go to, to where it's best, best. historically. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking if Slater. I, I just follow them around. Honestly. If Slater's out of season <laughs> or between contests, and he sees a swell somewhere, he's out there. He has infinite resources to be there. I mean, even some of the pros who aren't Slater, like Infinite. Yeah, they have they have they have their sponsors paying for flights mm-hmm. and so they can take a last minute flight to wherever the swell's gonna be best in the world. I mean, I, and I, I think mm-hmm. what Drew's getting at is like strike mission wise, being able to look at a forecast, say, Oh, it's gonna be sick there in in a week from now, I'm gonna send it and what I you know, what I would love to do that too. And my, my hesitation with that is even me working a corporate job and making more money than the next surf bum who's not working a corporate job, I still don't feel like coughing up what would potentially be two times the regular flight amount is worth it to knowing you're going to score because right. there's something, and Phil brought up a good point too. Like you sort of have to prorate all these costs. Like, the cost of a board, I brought it up with a Waco, the cost of the flight, those things, the, the, the longer you go for, the less that cost per day of that flight is versus yeah. Drew's point is if you can get a discounted stay at a place, and he hasn't gotten into his full scheme, but essentially it's if you can go to an off-season place because you know it's going to be pumping, your flight's going to be more expensive, but you could get cheaper lodging. The lodging on a nightly basis, um, you still have to pay it on a nightly basis. But generally, it's you you pay that amount per night. But the flight, you don't pay that amount per day. You just pay for that flight once. So the longer you stay, the more that's dispersed across your time there. All right, that's what listen, I struggle and I with. Think I want Phil. Yeah. I want to know what is. You're not a remote. Okay, you are a remote work remotely web designer, right? Web developer who runs his own business, right? You are shit. that. But let's say you're here until January tentatively, right? That's yeah. in our last conversation. But let's say, for argument's sake, you're so busy with work that you can't get the fuck out of New Jersey until June. 
Are you going? Phil's having a panic attack. How are you going to do it? <laughs> how How are you going to do it? I mean, you've got meetings, uh, you know, regularly. How are you going to do it? Uh, I mean, to how be are honest, you gonna go for right? A trip? How am I going to? I'm still. I'm going to take a shorter trip. Some probably I would probably go back to Costa. Uh, like I know the areas that I can set up really quick. Yeah. Really, Costa and Bali are the two areas where I know. Within 24 hours, I can have housing, transportation, good places with the internet, and like be set up with a lifestyle that I can hit the ground running mm-hmm. in one two days. But what Drew's saying, I think, is like um, you, if you don't, if you have meetings and like you only get you a can't week quite or two, get to Indo. Yeah, Bali. <laughs> he's saying Bali is probably out of the question. So you're I, saying Costa? Costa, Costa is a very valuable option. It totally, I don't disagree with anybody. And it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Central America, all of Central America is pretty, pretty good bet. Yeah, I, I, be, I mean, I've been there, ten, like probably ten times now for like ten days at a time, um, and I've never seen a day below chest high. So, and in, I think in all seasons, I think yeah, with the, the shorter the flight, the less you feel like uh, you're missing out, on, or or if, if there aren't good waves, you don't feel as bad. You can get back quicker. The flight's going to be yeah. cheaper. It's now, just more of a, you, a wild card you can often, throw out there. How often, like, like, what is in your comfort level? What's your comfort level about booking that flight? Like, are you going to book it two months in advance when you know you have this win- ske- window in your schedule open? I've gotten pretty good at this. So, international, you got to try to get at least like one and a half months before in advance. In, in advance. So that's why, like, I am freaking out a little bit right now because Jan. It's like a month and a half away. You get into December, those Jan prices are probably, like I was looking at South Africa, probably in the one way, like 600 now, that's going to jump up to like 900 uh-huh. by next month or in a couple of weeks. So, so I, I take a little bit of a fundamentally different approach. And, and I think what's fundamentally different about it is my comfort in... Uh, my confidence, most of the time it's not really mine. It might be a buddy's, but confidence in, uh, in like a forecast, right? Like I have done Caribbean coast. I've done Caribbean Central America one day out. I've done Northern Nicaragua two days out. I've booked two days out and I've been guaranteed good surf. Yeah. To me, that's the difference. Wasn't, right? wasn't that all when you had... A corporate finance job? No, no. Like that was both of those instances was when I was at the motel. Oh, oh, oh. And and then even more recently, before any sort of like really super solid structured job, uh, Barbados scored right, and that was I booked that in under it was definitely under five days in advance of landing in Barbados. So to so me. I'm willing to eat, and this is coming from me. I'm willing to eat the price on a more expensive flight and be confident in the forecast to guarantee good surf. It's funny that there's so many factors that go into it because, like, I don't know how much you spent on that trip, but see, my thinking, because of the flexibility of my work schedule, Mm -hmm. even if it was like perfect forecast, I'm thinking, okay, shit. It's, you know, what, maybe a 800-round-trip flight, 
got to get a place for four days. Uh, it's going to add up. It's going to be over a grand. And that grand, I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's like a month in Bali. Living. Sure. <laughs> Complete living. Sure. I will score How many good days are you going to get? Given, you know, the time, like, given the time that you've created for yourself to go to Bali and while you can work there. Right. You know? Which is so a very nice so it, arrangement you've made for yourself. Right. I don't take anything away from that. <laughs> but that, yeah, so that, I think that's a factor of... But even I have Whether some of that. Whether you agree with right, the, you the do. Tyler, yours is more similar to that than. But I'm bad at flights, and this is why I bother. <laughs> I, I well, that's hate. because you don't. You're you you're you're probably not that gritty about it. No, you're, I look at every. I, I, I look like at all of them, and I and I get I get like super perturbed if it goes from four hundred bucks to four hundred twenty-five dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bothers yeah. the hell out of me. But one thing that I just learned recently, which I feel really stupid for not knowing this, is when you search for flights, you should use an incognito window. Uh, yeah, Because yeah. what they do is you go, you search for the flight, you don't book it, you go and search the next day, it's gone up by 50 bucks. Right, because they, they know you're looking at it again. Yeah, they yeah. have no there's, <laughs> no, there's no regulation regarding that, to my knowledge. So yeah, I don't think you can do it as Kush much now, but that. you used to be able to use it like a VPN and right. like pretend yeah. you're in the Philippines and they but would how crazy, sell it cheaper to people there. How crazy is that? That seems like it should be illegal. Like that seems uh, like it's a little yeah. beyond capitalism. <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit price gouging. It's like collusion it's and like, price gouging. It's like after like a natural like disaster in the if me, fuel If me and Drew out. walked it's into like a coffee Screlli. shop and the guy was like, oh, two bucks. And then Ty walks in and he's, he's like, like, oh, nice shoes, <laughs> 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it, feels, it honestly <laughs> seems like that. I mean, really. But so, I don't know. I mean, that. Right. So we were talking, right? It's cold. Um, there's kind of there's a nice forecast for us, fortunately, in the near future. There's a threshold. Like if it's if it's a four hundred dollar flight that goes up to five hundred, so maybe I can suck that up. But if it's if it's a flight that I know should be four hundred right. and it's yeah. and it's and it's nine hundred, I'm just like, oh, it's just like a dagger. Yeah. And he, this is coming from me. That's coming I from have, Hungry Man. I have no <laughs> Hungry Man and I have no regard for spending money. Usually you don't and I'm surprised to hear you say this. I almost think you're full of shit. <laughs> I, no, because I, like a hundred bucks, dude. It pains me like for good sir. No, for a good example, and this is also this is pains not this is different because because this is honestly this this is this is biased. But like I went to Mental wise for twelve hundred bucks, and that included going to Tokyo and then going to uh, Jakarta and then Padang. But then to go to Tokyo with my girlfriend, just to go to Tokyo, was two grand. Yeah. So that was like eight hundred bucks yeah. more with two less well, flights. That's, that's because you have to justify the Indo trip by taking your girlfriend to Japan. No, I know, and it was, but, but it was, it was, it was, it was just, a, we'll get there, folks. It, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the same flight. <laughs> And I paid two grand right. versus that same flight plus, plus two more. Two more stops. And that, and so that wasn't a surf trip, so it was especially painful. But even still, <laughs> you there, didn't surf Japan. No, there oh. are times when I've gone to Dude, Costa when doing? I look at the flights and it's like seven, eight hundred, and I know it should be four hundred, and I like don't book it because I'm just pissed. I'm I just yeah. like, no, fuck think, you guys. Think, like, dude, I the, just don't, I just don't get it. Like the airlines are such. Scumbags! I feel like it's like big pharma. It's like they all of a sudden are big charging pharma, so much. But you I, can get anywhere in the world give, for like five hundred bucks I will right give now. The we best live in a pretty dope time. One hundred and twenty-five dollar airline cheat you can possibly have. Whoa! 
All right. Throw it out there. Normally, how much does a board cost you? And like, right? It's not by bag; it's by board, right? So, not always. Uh, I guess depending depends on the airline. On the airline. Yeah. By weight, at the end of the day, right? Yeah. When you when you pack your board bag, you take monofilament clear fishing line, and you tie it to the handle of your board bag. When you go put it on that scale, <laughs> you keep. The I've mono- never seen them actually do it by weight. I what? have more often it's board dude. count. Really? I've been many places. I feel like it's always either, by I've I've always either seen it be board count or just do you have a board bag? It's X amount. So I think that's you can a also call them thing. skim boards. But dude, this <laughs> trick I learned I learned it's this trick. Golf club. <laughs> exactly. Skis. It's a water ski. It's bullshit <laughs> that skis are not. I and think they're heavier. Skis are not With bindings. I mean, anything skis oversized free, is good. I think. Anything oversized. Well, it depends uh, on your dude, destination. it totally depends on airline. Like, okay. trust me, there's a, there's on anyway, something this, on Wave Trotter, and yeah, you, we can, get it. You, you can go you to all the places. Hang, hang, you hang on in your pocket, and you lift the weight off the scale <laughs> yeah, on your board back. So it works. It works. Yeah. It really does work. Um, but, Ty, what I wanted to mention about the Costa Rica thing. Make sure you get 50-pound test. 50-pound test will help. <laughs> they won't, there'll be no stretching in your mono, then you can yeah. use it for when you get to your destination. <laughs> um, Ty, I think what's different. Well, so right, so somewhere like Costa Rica in particular, uh, if you probably looked at waves, and you know day, days of waves annually, oh, it exceeds united. like the global average probably by a fair bit. You know, days of waves over it's like three hundred thirty days. A call year. it over good waist waves, high, yeah. right? Um, it's nice doing something that's comfortable, and, and like if you know that flight's going to be four hundred and twenty-five dollars. And you don't need to know what the forecast is going to be like. I mean, you got to remember, dude, like you do, there's a little, we, we have a distinct advantage in that place as a destination, given the location of a, you know, most of the time free place to stay. Yeah. Um, but and, even if and I'm I pay- think we have a distinct advantage here being so close to the three major, three four major airports. Well, that's true in too. the New York area. That's like, very true. Like, if you don't Super take advantage of that, like... Well, but the anyway. other thing to be said about Costa, too, is a lot of times when I don't stay at Joey's, even if I'm paying for my lodging, I just know the area. Yeah. I know where to check when. Right. I, you know. So what I, my point is, like, what, what really becomes deterring about a strike mission is knowledge. You know? the What you don't know is can be the that, like... X factor. If you aren't confident in your forecasting ability or whoever you, has convinced you to go yeah. to this location, that's when you doubt spending the 850 mm. bucks on a round trip ticket that should be 400. That's when you that's when those doubts start creeping into your head. Um, I, you know, I've got a, a good buddy who was like the guy, he's like guy, guy, <laughs> it's going to be on in Barbados. <laughs> like we're going. And I was like I respect his forecasting yeah. capabilities, and and like he was a like, guy. We're going, and we paid the two hundred dollars more that it cost us to book five days out than it would have if we booked a month out. See, that and we doesn't scored, bother me. That and doesn't we scored. That and it doesn't was all because of confidence in the in the yeah. ability to forecast. Um, I'm talking when flights go from again, like go from. 400 to like 1100 like i i i, sure, I just suck at finding flights i so think like, i don't well, know let's take an example so take puerto example. rico was going to be good yeah. like next week i think and i mean uh, but round this is all from conti- new york is all probably contingent like three, on the forecast yeah 
very but clear. say say it's tomorrow or in the next two days it was going to go off, and a normal flight from New York is like three hundred. Say it's like six hundred now. Are you booking? If that? it's cra- if the forecast is good, yeah, yeah, How absolutely. Many, for for, a, two for day a three trip. three day trip, let's say hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like that. I, mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I have a gonna... lot of money, and like that bothers me. Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how that I, I feel the same. Just because I know that six hundred could bring. I could go anywhere else. That's that's a sick ass place in Bali for one month. Like li- yeah. living expenses. So yeah, I mean. I don't know it why, is hard. but that's I mean, that's in eight months' time from now. Well, I mean, you, that could be anywhere. That could be what's what Phil's else. Phil's got good such here. a different perspective. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's, time is like not an issue. I just me. I'm willing I to just, pay. I'm I'm willing to pay to get the best possible waves I can, uh, if like the time allows. Yeah, you know, if my schedule's open and like I'm sick of being cold and it's going to cost a bit extra to go somewhere where I know it's going to be good, I'm going to pay. You know, I'll be, I, 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 if I have the means, I'm, I'm going to do it. What would, I mean, yeah. So it's a, what would it's you a do threshold you thing. Had... It's a threshold thing, but to, to get on a flight at JFK to go to Aguadilla, knowing it's going to be six foot and offshore for an additional $150 each way, I would do that. Yeah. For two days, even. I would personally. You don't, uh, you wouldn't talk? No, well, that, that gets into, what, regardless of additional, just what is the the aggregate price of the flight and how many days are you there? Like it just it just feels ridiculous to spend eight hundred bucks to go somewhere for two days. Yeah, it just feels ridiculous. Is that because you're not going to make any? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a factor as well. Like if you haven't been surfing for, we haven't had good waves yeah, in a couple. Be hesitant. You know, you go down there for two days. It's pumping. Usually, I'd say when I get to a place, it takes me a week really to really get? get my paddle muscles in and like feel like locked in. Yeah, I would want to go. <laughs> I would want to go in the near future, realistically, because we've been surfing a lot in the past couple yeah. months, mm-hmm. and then it just drops off. Like, like I was looking at going on a trip in in February. Like, I'm not. I'm gonna be surfing like once a week, if that, leading up to it. So yeah, if I go somewhere that's sick, like. It'll just be frustrating because it won't be in paddle shape. Like, regardless of how much I work out, I mean, I work out every day, but it's just different. You're not paddling. Do you think, do you think that, like, um, am I crazy to think that, like, seats open up and sometimes prices actually are cheaper? Dude. So Maybe, the, but that's what I'm saying. I never seem miles, to find that. Or miles. I never seem Using to find miles. Those. Find a girlfriend that is a flight attendant. Yeah, yeah family friends is epic. You know, people who hundred percent feel like the family friends deal. Yeah, rules. Or just married. So one. different, Fuck it. different <laughs> strokes for different folks. I like, I like the strike. It's sometimes it's more expensive and it sets me back, and I don't get to do that two or three week long trip. But. I would like to test it. Like do do a year, get a get a corporate job, have. I mean, hell! If you had if you had Fridays off for the for a whole year, would that be a complete game changer? I would, dude. The, the I feel like I would take so many week. flights. Down. If you can go Thursday Thursday night, that's just like that makes a big difference. It, it really does. <laughs> All right, I think it's let's, let's push thing. for it. <laughs> yeah, well, they just recently had a four day forty hour work week somewhere, and like the people, like it was the most productive week. Productive uh, week I just country in Japan or in something. Japan, yeah. I'm sort of like closer to Phil now in that like. 
I now have at my own company, like I have to now put deals together myself in order to make money. So it's like, you know, there's that too. How do you, how do you gauge? And I can't do it remotely. Like when I'm not there, like maybe I can shoot off a couple of emails, but like I can't sit there and do spreadsheets. Cause like, fuck that. Like, I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I guess like, I, I can't do it to the degree where I could do it for an extended period of time. I can sustain that for like a week yeah. at a time. And so that, that get, that comes into play too. Well, you just got to have months where you don't build. My, I mean, my, <laughs> you just got to take months off at a time. My, no, my, my, my total, my intention is to build this business up um, and get to a place where I can take a month to two months off a year and go somewhere, whether I get a house in Costa. I mean, or, yeah, and, and some of us might be thinking that's a little crazy. Some of the people in the States might think, oh, yeah, that's wild, but that. That is the norm. People do everywhere that. around the world. Everyone has a month. Americans off. do it. To some of them, but you have you have to be very creative rare. about it. You can't be a corporate person to do that. Yeah, yeah. or you just be or really good. At, you just got to be really good at figuring out your days. Yeah, you know. All right, Todd. We want to give some shout outs here. Yeah, today we had a nice one on the Instagram. Yeah, we crammed, folks. We grand. Who was that? It was it was Pakadowskis. No, it was, no, it was it Tanner. Tanner. It was Tanner. It was hmm. Tanner. No, that wasn't Dane. It was that was Tanner, but it looked like a Dane turn. Turn. And that's oh, what I said. I just to saw him. the screenshot. I said I said something like I forget, but I was like, dude, so lo- looking like your brother. So, so sick. And he and he followed us, or I don't know if he followed us, but he but he commented back to us. Dude, because the sickest goofy foot surfing I've ever seen was Dane Gadaskis mm-hmm. in in person. I've seen him twice, once at the Quickie Pro in New York and once in Costa at a pumping reef break where he was getting so duped and hitting the lip. You know I talk about, like, hitting the lip at TV, like, on the end section where it's, like, a bowl? He was doing – he was hitting the lip – just cracking it in the gnarliest places. <laughs> I love Dangadask, dude. And there's <laughs> clearly <laughs> they're so funny though too. Like the interview with them, <laughs> that's the funniest YouTube video that's come out of surfing. That's pretty much like if we can get on those kind of guys, like especially the Gadaskis brothers, if we can get on their radar, that that's was, really cool for us because they are like the most stoked. You people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? So Tanner, thanks so yeah, much, thank dude. You guys and Good on you. That was keep up the epic. Stoke. You don't know how stoked we all were from that. <laughs> all right, we're out. You, you, you. Tube. Backhand tube. Four Not gonna make it. You. Cool. <laughs>